Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Well, we're in the home stretch of the Supreme Court's term. We're still waiting for major rulings on the intensely political issues of the census and partisan gerrymandering, among many other cases. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg hinted that sharp divisions will mark the final weeks of the term. Joining me is Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr. So, Greg, Justice Ginsburg indicated in a speech that we'd be seeing a lot of decisions go down narrow partisan lines. She did. This is an annual speech she gives at the Second Circuit. Uh, She's the circuit justice for for that that uh, covers New York and some other states. Um, And occasionally she says some things that at least seem like they are hints as to what's going to come. And she mentioned that about a quarter of the cases decided so far had been either five to four or five to three. And she said, I'm not sure I can predict that uh, that low percentage will hold as we decide the uh, last uh, couple dozen cases. So maybe even more than 25 percent. Might might that account for why we're seeing the the decisions, which always happens, but the decisions that we've really been waiting for, not only partisan gerrymandering the census, but many others in the last weeks here? Yeah, um, you're right that it does often happen. If the cases were easy, they would decide them more quickly, and and that's why sometimes we get a lot of 9 nothing decisions earlier in the term. And at the end, it's often the cases they've really been uh, struggling with. Uh, We do have a number of cases that look like they could be ideologically divisive. You mentioned the gerrymandering cases, the the census citizenship question case. Uh, There's a a case over uh, whether a a cross, a 40-foot cross in a Maryland intersection is a violation of the Constitution's religion clause. All those cases could be uh, pretty divisive. So the court did announce some decisions today about what cases to add for the term that starts in October. Let's start with uh, the Supreme Court agreeing to use a Montana case to consider shielding companies from pollution cleanup suits. Yeah, this is a case involving BP's Atlantic Richfield. Uh, uh, It's a lawsuit about a Superfund site up there. The EPA years ago uh, set up a plan to clean it up and there are some property owners who uh, say that they want more than what uh, might be coming to them under the EPA plan. They want, uh, there's arsenic that's in the soil. They want to have more soil removed. They want to have it shipped further away. And so the question for the Supreme Court is whether that kind of lawsuit can go forward even in the face of an EPA plan uh, to do a little bit less uh, remediation. And what did the lower court rule? The the lower court said the lawsuit could go forward. Uh, Atlantic Richfield uh, asked the Supreme Court to hear the case. So uh, we're now in the position where the company could uh, limit the type of lawsuits that a federal appeals court allowed. Another one that uh, may limit lawsuits is a consideration of making it harder to press some types of civil rights suits. Yeah, this is a case involving Comcast. It's being sued by a black-owned media company called Entertainment Studios Network, owned by Byron Allen. 
And his allegation is that Comcast, like some other cable companies, uh, refused to carry his, uh, his programming. So he, uh, Mr. Allen is black. His company uh, has a number of shows that he's been trying to get on, on cable systems. Uh, Comcast refused. It says it has legitimate reasons why it didn't want to add those programs. Uh, his company says, Allen's company says, no, it was racial discrimination, and he's suing under a law that was passed in the Reconstruction era known as 1981 that bars racial discrimination in contracting. And it, the, the question for the Supreme Court is a somewhat technical one, but it's basically how much does he have to allege in the lawsuit? Does he have to allege that racial discrimination was the reason he didn't get the, the, the contract that he wanted, or is it enough that racial discrimination was one of many factors that went into uh, Comcast's decision not to, to carry his channels? The court has dealt with this issue with other civil rights statutes, and now it's going to resolve it with regard to Section 1981. And to finish off the trifecta, <laughs> let's talk about uh, the Intel suit. Yeah, so there is a there's a theme here, to, at least today. It certainly Supreme, seems so. Yeah, where the Supreme Court is agreeing to hear a bunch of the kind of meat and potatoes cases that, that corporate America likes them to, to take to, to limit lawsuits. Uh, the Intel one has to do with worker retirement plans and the deadlines for workers to sue. And so basically an, uh, an ex-employee says Intel was making overly risky investments. They had too much money in hedge funds, too much money in private equity. And uh, he, he sued, and there's a three-year statute of limitations in, in federal law. And he says that three-year period doesn't start running until I have actual knowledge th about what the investments are. Uh, Intel says, no, it's not actual knowledge. Look, we sent you the, do the documents uh, well more than three years ago, and you didn't look at them. And uh, so that's when the three years ought to start running, when we sent you these documents that you had access to electronically. Uh, it is uh, one of now two cases involving retirement plans that the court's going to hear. It also, uh, just a, a week or two ago, agreed to hear a case involving uh, IBM, uh, having to do again with how specific the allegations have to, have to be in a lawsuit. And together, these two cases uh, could make it more difficult for employees to press suits over the investments in the retirement plan. And, and Greg, this is known as a pro-business court. So does it seem as if they're taking these cases in order to limit lawsuits? In, in at least some cases, it does. Uh, uh, you know, in some cases, there is some lower court disagreement, and that, that's always a reason, reason the Supreme Court might want to get involved. But um, it, it's also fair to say that it's, it, this court is quicker to, and, and, and what happened today shows this, uh, a little quicker to hear appeals that are pressed by businesses trying to clear up some lower court disagreement. Uh, so I think if I were the companies in these cases, I might think that I'm at least uh, starting with a bit of a lead. Now, the court decided not to take up a case in involving gun silencer registration. Tell us about that. Yeah, so there's a federal law that requires if, you, if you're uh, buying uh, or, or selling a gun silencer, they, the, there's a federal law that imposes a $200 tax and requires registration of it. And there are two appeals filed by two men from Kansas, one who bought a, a silencer, one who sold the, the silencer, saying, among other things, that's a violation of the Second Amendment. 
uh, that I have a right to own a, a silencer or to sell a silencer without the kind of restrictions that are being put on me by the federal uh, registration requirement. And the Supreme Court simply refused to hear those appeals, didn't make any comment. Uh, and, and so for now, at least, the registration requirement stands. All right. Thanks so much, Greg. We'll probably be checking back with you later this week because we still could get some opinions this week. That's Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter Greg Stork. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.